The Lord be with you. The Bible is full of stories about God doing big and strange and beautiful things. Really big things sometimes. Like the cosmic display of the universe being called into being out of chaos. Sun and moon, earth and sea, plants and creatures. There's a catastrophic flood that covers the whole earth. Dramatic signs and plagues, whirlwinds and fires. Judgment and wrath. Sometimes entire cities destroyed. Once great nations brought to ruin. There's miracles and there's healings. Visitations from angels. Glimpses of the holy city. New Jerusalem. And the final judgment. Each of these make up what we could call the special effects portion of the Bible. The stuff that helps make a Sunday school lesson or a Hollywood adaptation really pop. This is the fun and fantastic part of the Bible. The strange, the mysterious, the mind-blowing. Sometimes that stuff gets in the way, though. Some of our very worst readings of Scripture that we've heard Some of the dumbest arguments in church history have been bogged down by speculation about things we can't ever really know. I remember when I was a nerdy little Sunday school kid, I spent considerable time pondering the weird mystery of the Nephilim. Any Nephilim fans out there? No? A couple. You remember them? They're sort of these fallen, gigantic angel creatures. If you saw that Noah movie, they're all made out of stone. And they only get really a couple verses in Genesis. It's strange and weird. Are they critical to the story, though? Maybe, maybe not. Scripture is often strange and foreign to us, not just because of culture and time. It's difficult because these stories can be so out of this world. What does this have to do with me again? And yet scripture, for all of its strangeness, still speaks to the lives of people from generation to generation. But that's because, quite simply, the Bible is heavily populated by human beings. Sometimes they're amazing characters, not always impressive people. Sometimes they are embarrassingly unqualified people. People who wonder how they're going to make it. People just trying to pay their bills, falling in love, doing their thing. When we meet these frail mortals in the pages of Scripture with their pride and their desire, their fears and anxieties, ambitions and failures, there's a good chance we might actually feel right at home in those pages. Those people are not always heroes. Sometimes they're downright embarrassing, and they're not typically our role models, are they? But they play a critical role in the unfolding drama of Scripture. This is how it goes. Time and again, the story is repeated. Almighty God... The creator of the world makes contact, is known, experienced, speaking and acting, 
naming and calling human beings in the mess of history. And what does this God say over and over again? I see you. I hear you. I know you. I know your struggle, and I know what you are up against. And the really important part, God says, I'm the God of freedom, of liberation. I'm the God who mends and redeems. And here's the crazy part that's going to blow your mind. I'm recruiting you. Yeah, you. You are part of this. You are my agent in the world. For some reason, God wants people to work with him. Weird, right? Today's text is exactly one of these stories. In the Hebrew Bible, it doesn't really get much bigger than Moses. Moses, the lawbringer, the prophet, the leader, the performer of miracles and signs. Moses, the baby pulled from the river, raised in Pharaoh's home, a secret Hebrew child, raised the son of privilege. Moses, the man who murdered a slave driver. Here in Exodus, far from civilization, Moses the shepherd is walking his flock beyond the wilderness, working for his father-in-law. Long years under the sun. Long days walking the earth, caring for animals, living out his years, doing his thing. And that's when God made contact, getting Moses' attention with an ordinary bush in radiant glory, strange and beautiful and amazing. And I actually really like the part of the text where Moses casually mutters to himself, hey, I'd better go check out this bush that seems to not be burning. What's this all about then? Hmm." He has no idea what he's in for. The bush marks the end of his shepherding days and the beginning of something amazing. The Lord calls out to Moses, 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 exclamation point. Here I am. The creator of the universe is talking to a shepherd in the wilderness, calling him by name. Moses, take off your shoes. Feel the earth under your bare feet. Make contact with this sacred place. You are on holy ground. The place where God speaks. The place where God introduces himself. The place where you hear your own name in the mouth of God. And the burning bush speaks. I know who you are, Moses. You need to know who I am. I'm the same God that made promises to your ancestors. All those stories that you heard about, I'm the friend of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And maybe you're wondering, maybe you're questioning, worried, doubting. Did you despair? Did you think that maybe those promises were just a bunch of nonsense? This is a big and dangerous, cruel world This sounds really great, doesn't it? Really great, but there is one flaw in the story. It's the part about the guy like me, little old Moses, 
doing anything that looks anything like what you want me to do. You see, God tells Moses that he has not forgotten his people. This isn't the God that has ignored them or forgotten about them. This is not the God who doesn't care or abandons them. God says this, Know this, Moses. These promises are the real deal. I have not forgotten. I have heard the cry of my people, and I know what you're up against. I know their pain and their suffering. I'm hatching a plan to deliver them. This is a rescue mission, Moses. You are going to set my people free. My people will have a home. And guess what? You are my guy. You are my man on the ground, no matter what you think. Moses, you're the one who's going to get this ball rolling, and you're going to go march right on up to Pharaoh. Understandably, Moses is human. Moses is hesitant, and he starts his ongoing list of objections and questions. What is a guy like me going to do talking to a man like that? Who am I to walk up to the most powerful person in the land and make demands? Fair question, Moses. God's response is, I will be with you. You don't do this alone. I'm the God talking to you from a burning bush, and you stand on holy ground. And here I am to say, we've got this. So Moses tries again. What if I'm talking to these Israelites and they say, who sent me? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. I am pure being. I am beyond words or understanding. You have no frame of reference. I'm like nothing you can dream of. I was and I will be. There are no words for who I am. I am. Tell them, I am sent you. The God of their ancestors sent you. This is my name, and this is my title for all generations. And so begins the defining story for God's people. The story about that time when God used a burning bush and a wandering shepherd to rescue a captive people. The story about the time God made good on old promises. The Moses story really is the start of a new thing. If we keep reading as the scriptures unfold, the scope of God's redemption plan just keeps on growing and expanding. Humanity begins to catch glimpses of something bigger. No longer just a private rescue mission for a captive nation. Not just a settlement plan for wandering tribes. Not even a job for just one shepherd. To the surprise of so many, this is the story of the redemption of the whole earth. God has heard the cries of the human race. God loves the whole world and has gone to such great lengths to redeem it, to save us. Many of us have spent long days in the wilderness, I know this, wandering Wondering, waiting, sometimes tending stubborn sheep, harboring doubts and fears and worries and anxieties. 
Some of us have been surviving, going through the motions, paying the bills, doing our thing. Every one of us can list a great assortment of grievances, naming the ways the world is broken, joining our voices with the troubled human race. God, do you hear our cries for justice? Last I checked, it's not a burning bush in the wilderness calling out to us. But we have been called. We have been named. God's people are a great gathering of the redeemed. Human beings, just the way God likes it. Hearing the call of the Spirit of God, people alive to God's promises, agents of persistent hope, justice, mercy. Contending with Pharaoh, in his many forms. Confronting unfair systems, taking risks, spending hard-earned money, giving time and energy and lives to holy purposes. Are you called to a great cause? Are you called to maybe hold the hand of just one person? Are you called to dangerous or difficult work? Maybe you don't know what you're called to at all. Maybe you should take off your shoes, put your feet on the earth, and wait and listen. Walk. Hear what God is calling you to. Maybe you're saying, who am I to be called to work like this? You're just the sort of person God calls, in fact. Sometimes the work will be discouraging. This is bigger than any one of us. But know that we are not alone. Because ours is a story of God doing big and strange and beautiful things with people just like you. Amen.